Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Megan, how's it going? It's going. So... (laughs) Sarah and I today are going to talk about something that honestly, up until this year, has for me not really been a big issue, Um, and that is having multiple kids in multiple sports activities or whatnot um, at the same time. And I've always been really good about protecting our family time and for whatever reason, you know, and keeping it really limited. And for whatever reason, things have conspired this year, and I've got three kids in fall sports. Mm. And it's kind of messing me up a little bit. So we're going to try not to rant too much. (laughs) This is one where if you've got suggestions at at home and you have some ideas, I would love to hear them in the show notes at themomhour.com episode 18. But I don't know, Sarah, where are you with all this? Well, we, I am like you, I'm pretty protective of family time. My kids are younger. So I, I have, my kids are two, five and seven. So only the five and seven year olds are really activity eligible. And um, I just feel lucky that I'm still at the stage where I decide about our schedule. I mean, of course, they can say I want to try out Taekwondo, but I'm the one who says <laughs> yes or no to that. Right. So we've, we've, I'm pretty extreme, but I know this won't last forever. So I've tried to be one thing at a time, mostly one thing total at a time, not that's even for kid. Too. Yeah, that's how we've no, I can't been. always pull that off. There's a couple of things. So just to just for the actual details this summer, um, Reed did swim lessons twice a week in the morning and swim is one of those things where it's not even like a fun activity for everyone. I just want someone to teach him how to swim and I don't want it to be me. And we live around a lot of pools in the ocean. And so it's like, yeah. you got to do it. Um, and Allegra who's seven has been doing Taekwondo since, um, I guess since the spring and their schedule didn't change over the summer. So that continued and will continue into the fall. Um, swim will be done and I'm just continuing with Taekwondo in the fall and Reed is not going to do anything because he's starting full day kindergarten and I want him to get used to that. So I'm, I'm kind of like 
overly protective of our family time and my own sanity. But I, I'm not like on a high horse when I say that because it's just because I still can be and yes. my kids are young. So that's where we've, we are. We have done some team sports. I know you and I are going to talk about team sports and we did um, try a couple of those this last year, but I'll wait to weigh in on that. So that's where we've been. Okay. So I'll tell you where I've been. And, and I, like you, I've written about this several times. I've been really um, protective of our family's time and um, especially family evening time, because mm-hmm. for me, it's something I feel like I need to be able to regroup and not feel like I'm spending my whole life in the car right. um, and rushing kids around and eating fast food and stuff. So um, I I think that I'm starting to kind of get in a groove and, and I will share some of the things I'm figuring out, but I am not an expert on this. Um, so where I am right now is I've got, oh, here's the other thing. I will also say we've had kids in multiple activities before at the same time and it's not been a big deal but my kids just happen to be in more intensive sports so Isaac is in cross country and he's 15 um so he can the good thing is we don't live far from the high school and he can get himself to practices and home and stuff um but cross country has a relatively short but intense period uh schedule so it's like you know pretty much every Saturday in from like late September through you know October he'll be in he'll be at some kind of meet Mm-hmm. And a lot of it'll be away, and I don't, you know, I don't go to away meets. That's one of my strategies, yeah. <laughs> and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but that does take him out of the family loop, and it makes one more thing I have to think about. Like, if he's going to get back to the school late, do I have to go pick him up? Like, where, you know, where is he going to be? Like, does he have the snacks he needs? All that stuff. Right. Um, is his uniform clean? Blah blah blah. And we've talked before about why I do the laundry in the house, mm-hmm. and um, mostly I do uniforms too because I don't want the kids laundering one uniform right. and blocking up my whole process. So. I've got William, who's playing, who's going into sixth grade and is 11 and is playing rocket football. Um, and around here, fo- football is a big deal in this town. Okay. Um, it is their probably most successful sport at the high school. Okay. It's the biggest budget sport. It's like, you know, it's kind of the thing like Friday everyone turns up. Yes. Yeah. Everyone turns <laughs> up on Friday night for the, fo- the, the high school football game. And I never really, even though one of my best friend's husbands is the football coach and um, they're lovely people and I like football, I just kind of hoped none of my kids would want to play <laughs> because I just don't want to be, I just don't want to be bench warming. You know, yeah. it's just not my thing. And it's such a big deal that it's kind of like nowhere to get around it right. if you have a football kid. But um, William really wants to play and he's su- like, he's suited for it. He's got the body type for it and he, his friends are all on the team. So I let him do it and I can already see that this is going to be time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then is he Owen, liking it so far? He loves it so far. Okay. So it's worth it, you know? Yeah. And then Owen is playing, um, fall baseball, which hasn't really gotten off the ground yet, but we're already, you know, getting the practice schedules and all the requirements that we have to do to, you know, like things, emails are already starting to fly. Yes. So I guess I want to break, I think at first I want to talk a little bit about my philosophy about this stuff. And I'm talking <laughs> specifically about sports because it just, because it just kind of worked out that I'm like a sports mom all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And my older two weren't really all that into sports. Like Jacob mm-hmm. played tennis for a couple of years. Then he kind of just lost interest. It just, Isaac's run, he's run cross country for two years now, but before that just didn't really care. So okay. I've never really been in this position before. So, um, so I'm, I'm talking specifically about sports, but I think it applies to anything, whether your kids mm-hmm. are into, you know, dance or gymnastics or mm-hmm. chess or whatever it is that your family's, you know, kind of dealing with as an activity outside right. of what you're doing at home. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'm going to talk about my philosophy really quick mm-hmm. and, and then we can kind of, I guess, get into the practicalities. I don't even know yeah. if I have like much to offer as far as advice goes, but I'm going to do my best. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sarah's like, Oh God, what's going on? <laughs> so the philosophy,
philosophy I'm kind of working from here right now is that, A, I don't have to be into everything my kids are into. I'm a facilitator more so than a participant. And that's always been my philosophy. And I'm trying to stick with it now that the stakes are higher. Mm -hmm. It's harder when you have more kids in more stuff. And especially when it's the kind of sports that other parents really get into. Mm -hmm. Because what it starts to do is it changes the way you feel like you should Mm -hmm. engage with that activity. Um, It's like it sets you right up against... It, it it forces you to go against the grain a little bit to stick right. with your philosophy if the re- if everybody else is yeah it's like the difference between having your kid in like a once a week YMCA gymnastics class and having your kid on a competitive gymnastics team right. you know what i mean it's like you didn't suddenly start loving gymnastics just because your your kid's really good at it um right. but now you have to engage with it in a totally different way and you end up being around a lot of other parents who are super into it. And if you're not, it just kind of can feel kind of crummy, you know? Mm-hmm. And it feels like sometimes I'm like, I actually post about this on Facebook because I said, do I really have to be at every, every single game? And there was a, a post that was going around uh, or an article on New York times yeah. that was about something like, I love to watch my kids play, but not every game. Yes. Yes. And I posted it because I said, you know, when I was a kid, there was not this expectation that at least in my family, that right. parents came to every game. Um, right let alone every practice. That's a, that's a new thing. But, um, so I feel like that's one thing I've kind of had to just be okay with in my family. It's never going to work. It's literally would be impossible, right? We have too many people and the younger ones or like Clara, who's not in an activity right now. And Jacob, who's not in a sports activity right now. Um, you know, I want to be around for them in the evening too. I want to make them dinner. And I, and there's so many of us, I just don't want to like take, like, I know some families that's like what they do and they all right. go to the soccer field and that's right. great. And that's how they love to spend time together. And then they stop off at, you know, get right. pizza on the way home. And that's how they do family time. And that's just not how we do family time. Right. So yeah, I have to be I'm, mindful of that as well. Um, and the other thing I want to say is I'm starting to kind of realize that I can do anything for a certain amount of time. <laughs> so. None of my kids, it turns out, really play um, spring sports for whatever okay. reason. It's just not worked out that way. Isaac might do track, but, like, that's, you know, pretty hands-off. Um, it just didn't work out that any of them played spring sports. And so the fact that I had this concentration of hyperactivity in the fall actually kind of works out for my personality a little bit mm-hmm. because I can kind of just say, all right, so for the next two and a half months right. – Life is going to be a little bit crazy. Right. I'm not maybe going to be able to do some of the things in the evening that I would have wanted to do. Maybe we'll eat more fast food or more takeout right. or whatever, convenience meals. But um, it's a short period of time. And then in the spring, things are going to be – or the winter and spring, things are going to be back to the way I prefer them. So right. it's kind of cyclical like that. I right. don't think that I could right. do this nine months of the year. Right. But I can do it for three months. No, that completely makes sense. And it does make me think – I do have a few thoughts on younger kids and starting activities with in the same uh, vein that I'll share. And that is that um, I hear from people who feel too busy or feel like they have too much going on. And this was true even a couple years ago when most of my peer groups had kids who were three and five, say, or four and six. And my first thought is that we're doing this to ourselves to an extent. Sometimes there's sometimes everything that on your plate is truly important to you and there really is nothing to edit out. But I just feel like I feel pretty strongly that when our kids are this young, we are driving the boat, man. Yeah. So if it feels 
Now it's different when it's like a sprint, like you say, like, okay, I'm looking at the calendar and the next couple of months are going to be crazy. But if you've gotten yourself into a cycle and then the other thing I would hear from parents is, well, she wants to do it so bad. And I'm thinking she's four. Right. So if she, <laughs> if she cannot if, drive herself or yeah, she, you know, if she wants to wear a tutu that bad, there are other options. There's, right. you know, there is the more laid back class at the Y or there's like a one day thing you could do or there's, um, so I guess I just feel, I, I feel like we have more control over that, um, balance to our schedule then sometimes we give ourselves credit for because it's fun. It really is fun. Okay. There's a full on rush of signing up a five-year-old for little league and getting a teeny tiny, you and I have talked about teeny tiny boys in baseball yeah. uniforms before. It's adorable. Oh, the and the thing. dance recital. You know what though? I have to say William in his, in his football pads might <laughs> no, actually be cuter. the cutest thing I've ever Aww. seen. But okay. <laughs> no, but I, so yeah. I get it. There's a little, for those of us who, you know, love to see our kids try something new and, you know, Allegra's getting a new belt color in Taekwondo and it is really fun to nurture that. So I, but there's finding the balance when you get a little bit addicted to like, oh, there's this new thing we could try and it's on Tuesdays at four right. and this, you know, so I guess my encouragement to moms of younger kids is that you have time to try everything. Yes. It doesn't all have to be right now. And if you hear yourself saying, I'm just too busy with all these activities. You are in charge of that, you know? Um, And I think this is true for at home and working parents too. I know a lot of working moms who are working outside the home and then, you know, want, want everybody to be able to get to dance class and then the Saturdays are filled. And so it's just about, you know, listening to what's right for your family. So I, I have been a little bit curmudgeon-y, I think about that because I'm like, I'm at the minimalist extreme, but Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion, and because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the high vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. 
Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. I was the complete minimalist curmudgeon. Yeah. Up until like a month ago. I don't know what happened. I didn't even, <laughs> it didn't happen. But this is what I think is, I think what I'm realizing is when you've got one or two older kids, it doesn't really affect you that much. But then when, when you suddenly have like, well, you're, you know, a bunch majority, of big kids. Right? Yeah. The majority now, really. The majority of your children. Are yeah. And these, yeah. those things they want to do matter too. And also to be fair to myself, they're, they're at the phase now where they're old enough to take some responsibility. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. It's different mm-hmm. when you're, you know, when you're truly driving the bus and doing all the prep and, you know, keeping all the schedules and all that stuff. Um, then I think that it's like totally in your, in your purview to be mm-hmm. like, yeah, not going to happen. Or you can put them off. You still have time. Like you said, you know, yeah. I put Claire off about, about gymnastics for years. I just kept saying, eh, you know, well, maybe in right. a few, well, we'll talk about it in a few months. And, and then it would turn out that I didn't really want to be sitting. I didn't want to go it was like all the times that were open were at five 30 or six 30 right. right. uh, in the middle of the week. And I was like, no, I don't yeah. want to do that. We don't, I don't want that to take away from family time and dinner time and we'll right. do it again. And I guess what she's going to do it this year because everybody else got a fall sport. She's going to do gymnastics mm-hmm. in the winter. And yeah, has she missed an opportunity maybe to become an Olympian? Possibly. <laughs> Do I want to have a kid who's an Olympian? Not really. I'm right. not that organized. Right. <laughs> and in a family, you know, in a larger family, I'll, as and I think three kind of counts in this way. Yeah. You got to look out sometimes for the unit. And yeah. that is not just about time although time is a big one, but it's about family resources and, yep. and energy and how much enthusiasm can you put into one kid's thing over everybody else's. Right. And if I had a kid who I thought was like, uh, you know, an extreme talent in something, I might think differently. Um, but as it is, I have fairly averagely athletic kids mm-hmm. who I think it would be great if they do activities or sports or whatever, but um, it's not going to make them or break them as people. Yeah. And it's not like they're missing some some boat that I don't and know, our you know, and our know concept that. of what that means to to have a talent um I think the age on that has shifted younger and younger yes. I mean come on if we if if you're really being honest about what ages those talents <laughs> are come out and show themselves and are ready to be cultivated I, I'm sure everyone I mean there's people who's going to disagree with me on this but the that like tween middle school age is probably when that's going to come out it doesn't mean you can't start you know, different activities at six, seven, eight, nine years old. But I, I just don't think that you're aging out if you hop around a little or take right. a mellower approach until those ages when, and the big difference is they are able to take a little more responsibility then, and they don't need you to stay at every lesson or practice. And that makes a big difference on the unit. You can then do a little bit more with a kid who's showing promise without, without dragging everybody else along. Yeah, literally. I agree. I, I think that there are certain sports where you you, you kind of need the leg up young. And I would say like hockey is one. Okay. okay. You got to be able to skate. Yeah. <laughs> and when you put little kids on skates when they're three, you know, there are families who are like crazy hockey families and right. that's part of their family culture. And I grew up in a place where 
that was right. very big. I did um, not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then there are others. Like, I think sports where you, what you need to be able to do is have hand-eye coordination, right. throw a ball, run from base right. to base or across a football field or whatever. There's so many ways to become an athletic kid right. that don't have to mean being on a travel team when they're six years old. Right. I, I have to tell you, so I got an email um, the other day. So Owens, this is his second year playing baseball. He was eight last year when he started, and now he's nine, going on 10. And he's now in what's considered the major leagues for fall ball because they're just mm-hmm. two age groups. And so he's at the slightly, he's like in the middle of the major okay. um, age range, like nine to 11. And they were saying that most kids on the team, the majority of other kids on the team had experience with travel ball. And I was like, what? That's a thing? I didn't, I mean, because I'd been such a curmudgeon Mm -hmm. (laughs) and only would let him do rec league and stuff, you know, when he was really little with t-ball and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even really realize that, like, that many kids were doing travel sports at this age. And part of me feels, you know, there's a part of me that starts getting all like flutter, like flustery. Like he's pretty athletic. Owen, you know, he's good at lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Like he'd be the perfect candidate. If one of our kids was going to be in a travel team, he'd probably mm-hmm. be the one who should be doing it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm kind of mad that that's even a thing already right. because right. it just raises the bar for everybody else. It makes it difficult for kids who just want to go have a good time mm-hmm. to go play a sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, pickup games don't exist anymore, right. really. Um right. This for a lot of kids, like little league is their chance to play, is their chance to play baseball Mm -hmm. and whatever other sports is their chance to play whatever other sports. And, and I just feel like it's gotten so intense, so young that, um, it like kind of eliminates that as an option for like a lot of kids. And then the ones who are good, you have to get them started so early so they can keep their skills up and stay competitive and also politically stay in front of the coaches because that also makes a big difference. So, you know, I don't, I don't really know what I'm even saying here. I don't want to give advice on this because I feel like it depends a lot on how you feel about sports and your family's culture about Mm -hmm. it. Um, and like how important it's going to be to you and what are you willing? I think we all just have to ask ourselves, like, what are we willing to do Mm -hmm. to make this work for our families? And what's going to work for our families and our budgets Mm -hmm. and what's not. And then whatever Mm -hmm. it is, whatever our personal philosophy, it's not a judgment against people who do it any other way. It's just like, that's what we're going to do. And I'm going to stick to it. Right. And so I've sort of decided to just reject that as an option because for us, at least now, maybe when Owen's 12 and you know, maybe if he's starting to be a really awesome player and we have the money for it, we might look at something like that. Mm -hmm. But that's a big investment for a family mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're both working parents and sometimes our work is a little irregular. And we both right. also have, we like to travel together and we do, right. John and I are really big in, in doing things together as right. as a married couple um, right. that I think would start to kind of fall by the wayside if we were investing our weekends in one kid's activity. Right. So I don't know. That was just kind of a rant. That's okay. <laughs> But we, I did say, well, when I suggested this topic to Sarah, we both were afraid we might just be a little grumpy about it. <laughs> so I, I know, <laughs> but I'm going to, um, I'm going to bring something up that's the opposite of grumpy. And okay, that good. is, um, a case for trying a team sport when your kids are young, yeah. um, for a different reason. And that is, so let's say listeners, if there are those of you out there, Megan and I both come from a little bit more artsy musical yes. dance background probably didn't do a ton of team sports growing up. Um, and so I, I am just more likely to fill my kids time with those things. Um, and when we moved to Southern California a year ago, Reed was four and a half at the time. And I was like, I don't know where this idea came from, but I was like, we are doing AYSO. I said, that's the only thing we're doing. 
And I said, it's going to make me, it's going to bring me friends. And that was the reason I did it. Cause I thought soccer will be perfect because, um, the girls, so reads in the middle, I have an older and a younger, the girls can come to practices and be outside and be running right. around. And soccer is, especially for little kids, soccer is more typically where the whole family's kind of there, you right. know, like some of the, the moms or the dads are helping coach and you know, everybody's there. So I was completely upfront that it had nothing to do with Reed's athletic development or my desire to have him play soccer. But I was like, this could be a good, um, you know, social thing for us as a family and a way to meet people. And it totally was. We ended up meeting great friends on that soccer team. Um, we ended up doing little league with those people, which I would never have done little league for a four-year-old, except that we had become really good friends with these people and everybody was doing it. Um, so, but one of the things that I noticed for Reed is that, and I, this is like a whole bigger topic, but you have kids who are uniquely suited and, you know, just really into a particular sport. You also have kids who are not, but may benefit anyway from the experience. And so that's like something I think when you're, when your kids are little and you're looking at activities, sometimes it's like two opposite activities. One, because your kid would be naturally good at it and would probably love it. And another, because it may actually help them in their development in a different way. And Reed's never probably going to be a soccer player or even probably do a ton of team sports. Um, You know, he's introverted. He's a Lego guy. He's a reader. He's, you know, but he really benefited from those, that fall of soccer in the spring of T-ball. He benefited from the peer stuff. He's gotten so much better at like relating to his peers and having fun that way and moving his little body. You know, he's not, he is not going to get out there and move. So it's just, it's, it was a really positive experience and it was not because I'm a big believer in sports or team sports, especially young. I mean, in fact, if you'd asked me, I'd say, no, I don't think kids need organized sports at age four. I think they're often kind of overblown and it's expensive and I would have been the curmudgeon. Um, and so it's just kind of, I guess, to look at it from the flip side of, we did it for a different reason, which was to meet people and to get outside and to get to know people in our community. And it was actually a great experience. So well, thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you for that non curmudgeonly opinion Um, to balance it out. But you know what? Also, I will also say, um, I totally agree with that. And if you have a kid who's not particularly, um, organized sports oriented, or if you have a kid who's kind of just generally good at everything, um, which I've had both, I would say I have three that are one and one is that's the other <laughs> one who's just kind of good at whatever. I think it's totally okay to push them in the direction of whatever sport suits your life. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, if you think you'd rather sit outside on a warm summer day and watch a baseball game than sit on a bench or on a bleachers in the freezing cold and watch, you know, a spring right early spring soccer or late fall football, uh, or for whatever reason, if that fits your family's lifestyle or whatever better, you know, by all means, like there's a difference between being like that pushy sports parent who like, you know, you were the high school quarterback. So now your kid has to be the high school quarterback and just preferring something and no, and realizing your kid doesn't have a strong preference or talent one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like, like you said, you choose, you chose it for whatever reason you did. You probably spent some lovely days sitting out in the sun. Your kids yeah. got to play outside. And you met yeah. some nice people. I mean, it yeah. works out. Um, and it worked out for Reed because he did something that yeah. was physically good for him yeah. and probably mentally good for him too. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, you know, it's not, this is, we've been talking about sports, but this is not all about sports. And I want to talk a little bit about something um, that I saw happening at the theater um, okay. that actually made me a little jealous and and now kind of thinking about how to make this work for me. So um you know, that I did a, I've done a few shows mm-hmm. at the local community theater 
And I actually had Clara audition for the first show with me. It was um, The King and I. Okay. And she was four going on five at the time. And they said little kids. They were like, they wanted kids of all right. sizes. Right. Um, Because there's, I don't know, if you've ever seen this play, it's like there's the children of Siam right. and they go up, right. they go from teenagers down to this little tiny, little, right. little tiny kids. The, unfortunately, the the audition was a disaster because she was hamming it up, but all in the worst <laughs> ways, you know, and making me super stressed out. And she, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Futurama, but there's like this no, I, no, lobster man named Zoyberg and he kind of walks si- sideways and he like clacks his um, claws <laughs> and goes like, whoop, 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 whoop. Anyway, she was doing that all over the place. And so the directors are cracking up. They love it. And they really wanted her to be in the show. And I was like, you know what? This time around, no. Yeah. This is for me this time. I want to yeah. ease back in and I don't want to be stressed out that my four-year-old is going to be calling, be calling me mom on stage or right. whatever. Right. Um, so I didn't have her do it. And then this year it just happened. The, sh- the shows that I was in didn't have really roles for little kids mm-hmm. like that. But um, I will say all of the tech kids, people who ran the tech were mm-hmm. teenagers. So mm-hmm. everybody from the stage manager, the assistant director, the lights, the sound, the um, props people, everybody were teenagers and they were all, most of them were all kids of people in the cast mm-hmm. or the directors. Mm-hmm. And so what I was really jealous of is this was like truly a family thing. And so, you know, like they'd be all staying left mm-hmm. or late working on sets and stuff, but it didn't matter because that was their family right. time. And it right. was something they all right. loved doing together. And I think if that is your family, mm-hmm. that's, and whether that's sports or music or whatever it is, that mm-hmm. is an awesome thing. And, you know, yeah, I agree that I am kind of jealous of, and now I'm kind of hoping next year there'll be something I can, I can get Clara in on because I also went to like, there was this little award ceremony um, at the theater that I went to. And a lot of those same kids got sort of like the, you know, best, like all around helper kind of awesome person award. (laughs) They had several of the, they had one called like unsung hero or it's like the person who always showed up and did their best. And, and the kids were just so humble and, and, and kind of dorky sometimes, but like in the sweetest way. And they all were really supportive of, of each other. And it was just like, (laughs) <laughs> well, that kind of speaks to something that I think is really important to think about as your kids get into activities, and that is um, segregation by age. So, yes. and, and there's a lot of research on this, and I just, it's just a personal thing for me that I think kids benefit so much by being in groups of different ages. And of course, it functionally makes sense to put first graders in a classroom together and second graders. And, um, but as many opportunities, whether it's sports or activities or church or neighborhood or whatever it is, the more opportunities you can give your kids to be around all different ages, especially if you don't have five kids like Megan does, um, and they're not, they're not naturally around that with their cousins. My kids don't have first cousins. They, they have one finally, but she's far away and she's a baby. So if that, if those kind of mixed ages aren't naturally part of your kid's life, it's a really, really great idea to seek them out because kids benefit. And I love that, that idea at the theater, seeing, you know, all the different ages and the family units. And it's such a positive thing. Um, and I think as a parent, it makes it a little less scary to look at those other older ages. I know I, I love when I see different, you know, groups of like young teenagers and, you know, interacting with my kids because I'm not around as many of them. And it's like, oh, what's life going to be like with a 12 year old? You know, so I think as much as you can expose your family, if it's not naturally already there in your family unit or your extended family um, that and um, Taekwondo that Allegra is doing is like that. I love that they have. That is such a great. Yes. It's like multi teenagers come and help at the classes. And then within the belt levels, there's teeny tiny, depending on when they start, they're pretty much all together, you know, so there's 
there's in her level, there's probably from age five to about 10 or 11, just in the same class. And then, um, and then you have like high schoolers coming to help the teachers. And so, um, nothing wrong with team sports and a lot of really great benefits to team sports, but team sports tend to be pretty segregated by age. Um, whereas some of these other activities have a variety and I just, I just think it's a really positive experience. I love that. And there are, you know, there are definitely theaters that allow whole families to do shows together. There are Mm -hmm. definitely, um, like you said, martial arts is great for that kind of thing. I've heard about family, like kickball leagues and things. So I think there's ways to do to get active or get involved or engaged or whatever it is that you want to do as a family altogether. And sometimes I think it's not always right in front of your face. You know, right. it might not be the thing the school offers. Um, right. It might not be the league you know about. And right. and on that note, I also want to say like one thing I've kind of realized and we kind of, we kind of touched on this earlier, but didn't really get into it is that um, no matter, I mean, almost no matter what it is that you think your kid might be interested in doing, maybe with a few exceptions, mm-hmm. there's probably an option, especially if your kids are younger in your area, that's not as intense as others. Yeah. So if you want your kids yeah. to be involved in stuff, but you just don't have it in you to sign up for whatever league, look mm-hmm. around. There might be another league in your area that's less intense. Even mm-hmm. in our small town, there's two little league leagues. So there's like okay. the one that's in our town. There's a one in our city and then there's a township one, but kids mm-hmm. can cross, kids can cross over and do either one. Yeah. Um, the Y has like those kind of general sports yep, classes. I think they go yeah. to like age eight or nine even where they can just go try something. It's like once um, a week. And thing. also community colleges often do. So our commu- yeah. our local community college has like, and they do the after school ones too. So it's, it's sometimes it's tied to the after school programs and sometimes it's just on its own, but they also yeah. tend to be affordable and low, low key. And if your school does offer an after school one that we have made use of those, because I feel like there's a couple of reasons. One, they just stay after school and you pick them up, pick them up an hour later, which for me is huge because it's not a separate thing that I'm dragging the little kids right. to. And they tend to be affordable and they're like eight weeks long. Yeah. So you can, if you have an after school or a Y or through your community college, yes, totally agree. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And um, and and also in some in some areas, certain sports cultures just aren't the same as others. So like my boys, um, who suddenly now are exploding with baseball and football, have been in a basketball league that mm-hmm. I completely forgot about until just this very moment because it's so low key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that it's like it's it runs I think in December and January and maybe partly in, maybe into February. It's like one hour practice a week and then an hour long game on Saturday mornings and that's it. It's just so I forgot it even existed mm-hmm. and they're both at the same time so I just drop them off and then 
you know, for practices and then I go to their games and pick them up afterward. And it's just not a big deal. It's like, right. it's during a time of, our, of the year where things are a little bit slow for us anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's just, and if they have to miss a game or a practice, it's such not a big right. deal. Whereas right. some of the sports, that's a yes. really big deal. And sometimes that can be hard to navigate too. Like yeah. how much do you let something like that, you know, um, take over? I know people who've gotten to a certain point with their kids being in gymnastics and where they really have to decide, is my kid going to be um, competitive? And they've decided, you know, no, like, I think it's enough for her just to stay at this level and learn tumbling. And maybe one mm-hmm. day she'll be in dance or a cheerleader mm-hmm. and those things will come in handy. But it doesn't have to always look like this mm-hmm. straight path that everybody mm-hmm. else is on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those skills can work for different things mm-hmm. as well. So Agreed. I think there's other ways to navigate sometimes this stuff than, um, than what's the obvious choice or the ones that all of the people around us yeah. are doing as Agreed. well. Agreed. Yeah. So, and, and another thing I want to say too, is like, even if you have a kid who doesn't seem particularly into team sports, there's other options. So, um, we, John and I both went to the same, we went to the same high school mm-hmm. and we went to a high school that didn't have very good team sports, but they had good in what, what they call country club sports. <laughs> so like golf uh-huh. and tennis uh-huh. and to some extent running, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's actually considered a, a country club sport, but those kinds of things that are more individual and can really be done at any age with your mm-hmm. family or without, yeah. you know, um, I know, you know, it's not like we all have the budget to join the country club and right. become avid golfers. Right. But a lot of people do like do a, a nine hole mm-hmm. um, twilight golf with their kids. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even have really ever thought of that. I'm not a golfer, although right. I've tried a few times and I actually really do kind of love whacking at the ball. It's kind of fun. <laughs> you can do that with younger kids if you yeah. find a place that will allow that. Um, tennis, yeah. you know, go to the local high school, yep. get a couple of cheap rackets and, you know, have someone show you the game and like play yep. with your kids. It's It doesn't always have to be this big, because what happens up happening in the big teams, as wonderful as it can be to be part of something bigger than yourself like that that's when sometimes all that curmudgeonliness starts to come out in me mm-hmm. because yeah. I get wrapped up in someone else's systems and their ideas about what my kids should be doing. And right. I rebel. I'm such a rebel, but you know, we're both no, kind of curmudgeonly that way. I, we, yes, we are. And I will say if you leave space, um, I'm thinking of Asha. We gave a shout out last episode to Asha and Christine and their new podcast, the edit your life show. But I'm thinking about their book, minimalist parenting too, which we can link to and just leaving room for some of these things that you're talking about, the plays and the family tennis games, that it's all related, right? Because right. if we're signed up for everything that every kid wants to do and we're filled to the brim, then it, even if all those things are fun and an overall positive experience, there's not a lot of room for some of those other things. Yeah. So, you know, it maybe yeah. sounds simple, but it, it goes back to leaving room for all of those ways to ha- get out and have activities and be active and, you know, yeah, totally. pursue, pursue things. Yeah. Um, before we um, wrap up, I did want to just talk really quickly about kind of giving ourselves a break when it comes to either being, whether you're a drama mom or a sports mom or, you know, music mom or dance mom, <laughs> dance mom, whatever it is you are. I just feel like we have, you know, the ability and the right to figure out how to do it in a way that works for us. And so here's an example of ways that I'm kind of trying to like make this easier on myself. Um, One is I have given myself a big break about going to practices. I know in some sports and activities, that is the culture that all the parents go and sit the practice, but maybe it just seems that way. And I bet you, if you, you know, kind of threw out a question like in your own community and people could anonymously answer, (laughs) there'd be other people too, who'd be like, you know, 
I really would rather go grab a cup of coffee at, during practice mm-hmm. or I'd rather be home making dinner for my family mm-hmm. or I'd rather. So I feel like that's, it's perfectly okay to opt out of stuff like that. I'm also with my teenagers and I know this totally doesn't apply to most kids. Um, probably most people who are listening, but with the teenagers, I'm really actively now putting them in charge of their own sports schedules. And that's something mm-hmm. I kind of made the mistake of not doing that a little earlier mm-hmm. because you know, with my 10 year old, he has no idea what's going on or my nine. Right. He's not even 10 yet, but right. my nine year old, he does, he has no idea. He doesn't have email. Right. He, you right. Know, he, he's not like going to get phone calls from the coach. That's fine. Right. I'm in charge of that. And right. I don't mind that. But I realized that with the older ones, I started expecting them to have more stake Mm-hmm. and take more responsibility, but hadn't set the system up yet that mm-hmm. to like to enable them to do that. So I was mm-hmm. still getting all the emails and then I'd kind of say something to my kid about it, but he knew he didn't have to listen because right. he knew I would take care right. of it. Right. And I kind of had like a little meltdown point um, a few days ago, actually, where I was like, I can't, I mean, things are slipping through the cracks and I'm physically not able or mentally right. not able to keep up with something right. with a sports schedule for a 15 year old. So Honey, I'm very sorry, but I'm going to email the, um, actually, I'm not even sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I'm going to email the the coach and I'm going to ask him to start emailing you all the information mm-hmm. from now on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you show up at a practice and you don't have something you were supposed to bring, then you can look dumb. And then <laughs> you could be the and one that looks dumb and you'll between learn. supporting what they're doing and showing up for the big meets and being right. 100% supportive and being the logistics manager. Those exactly. are two different things. Exactly. I mean, and that's, I kind of am looking at it now like, I will support you. I will write the check. I will make sure you have transportation, whether it's me or if you don't need, you know, or you can walk because we live close to the school. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if you yeah. need something, if, if there's a request from the boosters, I will totally deliver on that happily. Right. Um, but I can't be the person who, I can't care about it more than my 15 year old right. or to some degree, even my 12 year old, you know, I can't, right. I can't care about what they're doing because I feel like what that ends up being then is why are they doing it? Are they doing right. it for themselves or are right. they doing it because I want them to be part of this team and for because whatever made reason. It so easy that <laughs> exactly. I've made it so easy. No they don't have to do anything about yeah. it. Um, and so I'm even kind of getting there, you know, with my 11 year old. So he's in football and he didn't have, like, he still doesn't have his jersey. And yes, I could email his coach and ask him where his jersey is. But I picked him up from practice yesterday and I said, so where's your jersey? And he's like, I don't know. And I said, well, did you talk to your coach about it? Uh, yeah. But then I forgot what he said. I was like, well, here's the thing. You have a game yeah. pretty quick. You're going to need your jersey. If there's something happened, if it was supposed to be delivered to me and somehow I didn't get it, right. we really need to know that. So this is on right. you. So next time you go to practice, you know, and I'll remind and, yeah, of course. and, and kind of facilitate that. But I don't want to be the one now to email the coach and ask yeah. where the jersey is. It's, yep. it, it's not something that should require an email. You know, (laughs) so I guess I'm just feeling like there's always going to be people who are really into something, um, whether it's, you know, the, the person who runs the boosters or the volunteer mom who's, you know, got, is collecting all the snacks for the swim team and all that stuff. And just because that person is that into it doesn't mean you have to be as into it. And if you're that person who's into it, God bless you because you're, you're picking up the slack for the rest of us. And that's fantastic. And Um, stuff changes over time, right? When, when my youngest is doing activities and my oldest two are really fairly self-sufficient, I'm going to have a lot more bandwidth to maybe be, I I don't know that I'll ever be completely like that, but I probably will in some way. I mean, I'm going to find my way to be. And it's just the, it's the nature of having kids at multiple ages. If there's, you know, if there's younger ones at home, it is pretty hard to be that person. And it's very possible that those moms that are that one now weren't, 
you know, right. at and some won't point. Be, and won't be in a, you right. know, they'll, their kids will age out or whatever. And, and it's, yeah, you're right. It, it can't be all of us all the time. It doesn't need to be all of us all the time. Right. Um, and so wherever you are, and I've said this before about volunteering and, and, you know, in the classroom and all these different things, it's like, it's okay to be, to kind of do this on your own terms, as long as your kids following through on their commitment and you're reasonably involved, I think everybody's going to be okay in the end. <laughs> and, so. you know, to take a good hard look and ask yourself who, you know, whose impression are you trying to make it seem like you're really involved? Because your kids right. will feel like you're involved if you, if that underlying support is there, if they know you care, if you show up for the big meets, right. um, if you're trying to if look involved for someone yeah. else that isn't your kid, then that may be a different story. Does and that make sense? <laughs> uh, absolutely. And isn't this parenting in a nutshell? If we're ever, you right. know, every time I start getting myself all worked up about what a coach or another mom on the team or somebody might think about me or my kid. I mean, and I'm not immune to this stuff, Sarah. I've been parenting a long time and I've come a long way, but it starts to come up every now and then. And when it, whenever that happens, I have to stop myself and say, who am I doing this for? If the thing that I'm worried about is what other people think more than what is good for me and my family, then I'm going about this wrong and I need to re recalibrate. And yeah, it happens. We all go through it and it's, it's normal and natural and no matter what activities you're facing down right now, or if you're opting out for a while more yeah. like we did um, when we were just more in that protective space with, you know, little ones and um, all that really matters is what's good for your family. Yep. Period. Well, I would love to hear from listeners who are um, big sports families with multiple kids and team or sports. Or big anything families. I'd yeah. like to hear from some theater families and dance families. I'm kind of curious yeah. how you make it and, work. You know, everyone's tolerance for busyness is different. I have a very low tolerance for feeling stretched too thin. Um, but there are truly people who thrive. And I think I know people who really have found the sweet spot for them, which would, for me, make me feel panicky. Right. And it really is, they thrive on that different level of busyness. So I'd love, we love hearing from everybody, but I'd really love to hear from some people who have a full activities plate with your kids or who are doing travel teams, um, and who love it and who are, you know, gives them energy and who feel really involved and connected because you and I are just, we may be aligned on this one, but we're only two pieces. And we, um, I love hearing how different things work for different people. Me too, people, absolutely. So. And you know what? Hey, at the end of this, like little, uh, this fall, I may find that I am all in. Who knows? You're going to be team I'm mom. I'm going to be team mom. I mean, who knows? I could be the one next year, like wearing my kid's jersey, like numbers and stuff in a, in a sexy mom t-shirt. Because that's a big <laughs> thing here. Like moms have like sexy versions of their kids' jerseys. Yeah. I don't know if you see me. So like kind of fitted and they kind of like have a little cleavage going. I haven't gone over to that side yet, but hey, no. who knows? I might. So, um, but either way, you know, I do think like you said, everyone's tolerance for busyness is different. And I'm finding that as my kids get older, I have a higher tolerance for being busy for a while and then calm for a while. Right. That seems to be my cycle, right. my natural cycle. Right. So maybe this is going to be the best fall ever. Yeah. And, you know, I'm keeping an open mind. So. Well, I want to see pictures of your cute little guys in uniform. Cause... All right, I'll try to get one if William would ever get his his. We need it, yeah. He remembers <laughs> William. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this has been actually a really kind of fun show because um, obviously something you and I don't know that much about, and that's that's unusual for us to be more in the figuring it out stage. I know. But... It's okay, because that means everyone who's listening who has an opinion can school us. So please yeah, do that. Please go to themomhour.com. Go to this episode, episode 18. And you can also us email hard. us. <laughs> Hello at themomhour.com will get us by email. Um, we did want to mention that this episode, in theory, is airing around September 1st, September 2nd. Um, 
The following week is the week that includes Labor Day, and we will not have a new episode that week. Um, so we haven't skipped a week all summer. We've been pretty good, yeah, um, but we're going to let everybody catch up. Fantastic. On- yeah, yeah, no. Catch um, up we on just, your binge listening. Yeah. Head to lifelistened.com or just themomhour.com and check out Megan's other great shows. Um, and that we will be back in two weeks, which will be really probably the first week of everyone's real life. That yep. week following Labor Day, like everybody's in school by that point, I would think. Absolutely. Yep. And we will be back with more we'll be back exciting back. things. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.